first of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. What's going on, YouTube? Nathan, back with another video. I hope you are all well. Happy Taco Tuesday. Um, hope everybody's staying safe. And like I said, I hope the work day was great. Hope everybody had a great day at work, school, no matter what you had going on for the day. Hope it was productive. Um, please forgive me. It's been a long, long, long day. I do apologize for this video being out late. I noticed I was going to get on 1030. Uh, but, you know, some things outside of YouTube happened. And I do apologize for that. Um, before we get into the video, there's a few things I need to say up front. So a couple things that are going to change for tonight's episode. Um, I'm was going to talk about the Washington mystics. Uh, I was going to go more in depth about my overall reaction my thoughts of the whole throughout the whole season, what what went right, what didn't go right, um, what stood out, what needs to be fixed, what need well you know the same thing. Um, I'm even going to go as far as to say, and what I was going to do was who stays and who goes, and it's not I'm I'm just let me just disclaimer, I'm not saying. No one on that on this team on that team can play. I'm not saying they're trash. I'm just saying they just do not fit the Washington Mystics. Because uh, today they had their exit interviews. Just for just real quick, I think it's really really just um, we need to really fix that because to have an exit interview and then process just being eliminated from the playoffs like that. Um, it's not easy to be doing that. So the video, I'm, I'm going to play it. I'm going to keep it fair as um, long as possible as I can. Um, so that's going to be a bonus episode with the Mystics. Uh, my goal is to go live. I'm going to try. I'm going to shoot for the evening. You know, just be the, just be the mystics, and then I'm. That's it. Um, I guess I can give a pre. I guess what I'll do, and as a substitute, because we have the the Panthers versus the Texans um, Thursday night. Who wants to see that? Um, I, I don't I don't I don't know what I really want to feel. I don't even know if I really want to watch that game. Um, and then I got to talk about the WNBA playoffs. Obviously, they're here. Um, then I'm talk about the awards, uh, and then I'm going to talk about 
Uh, there's a couple of things I want to clarify. I missed. I missed gave um, my takeaways as a team that I, a couple of things I messed up on, and I'm gonna talk about the the Green Bay Packers uh, defeating the Detroit Lions last night, Monday Night Football. Um, but um, before I start the video, I have to give my thoughts and prayers to the family of Gabby. Pito, um, YouTuber, uh, her body was found. It's, it's, I, I, this is hard for me to talk about because I hate seeing good people taken away from you know, this, this, this thing, this place we call Earth. Um, you know, for, for a second, let's, let's, let it, let's take gender out, out the, the equation. Nobody, I don't care, man, man, woman, boy or girl, no one should be treated like that. Um, it just, I, I just don't, I don't condone it. I think domestic violence is it's just it's just some, it's just something you can't sweep you just can't keep you can't sweep under the rug. We know what's wrong as a society. Um again, I just I'm not I I I just look at it as a an op a, a, we, we have to understand that abuse, abuse crosses all barriers and it can impact anyone regardless of gender, sexuality, ethnicity, nationality, religious affiliation, age, all that across the board. Um, I, I, I just really pray that her boyfriend doesn't walk away scot-free um, because that shows me a lot about him as a man and as men we got to really sometimes look at ourselves in the mirror because um, that's to me if I had a girlfriend, fiance, wife, there's an issue. I, I'm, I'm, we're going to sit down and talk about it. Hitting, manipulating. That that's just not the answer. That that just shows, that just really tells me how you were raised growing up. Shows a lot. You know, it really shows me, you know, as a society, we, we, we got to do better as, you know, we have to, you know, and it's not, again, regardless of gender, how we're brought up. I think, I, you know, just something about, about, about the boyfriend just gives me some bad, just gives, just gives me some bad vibes. Really does. And 
it's, it's, it's unfortunate her life was taken away. And I just want to just give my sincere thoughts and prayers. And uh, I hope they throw the book at them. I really do. But let me let me get away from that. I want to talk about football. Um, a couple of things I wanted to take away. I Again, I do apologize. I misspoke. I was I, I said the the Panthers um, versus the Jets, and mistakenly I it was the it was the New York New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. The final score was 25-26. I do apologize. Um, yes, those J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson threw four interceptions. Um, I will say. They definitely did a couple things um, for the Patriots. The Patriots fumbled four times and lost two of them against Miami. New England has to win the turnover battle. They win the turnover battle, they win the game, plain and simple. for the most part in that game, I could tell that they definitely cleaned up. They, they definitely, you know, they still need to work on a little bit ball security, but they didn't have a turnover. Um, fun fact, I had to do this on my notes here. The New England Patriots are 167-18 and 18 under Bill Belichick since 2000 when they have a positive turnover differential. Um, Matt Jones didn't look too bad. Um I, I kind of felt it was – I, I kind of sensed a more conservative approach. He was 22 of 30, 23 hundreds – I'm looking again at my notes, 20, 186 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. Um, again, I just saw more of a conservative offense. Um, Zach Wilson, I'm not going to panic. He threw four interceptions. Um I definitely, when I look back at the highlights, he was definitely too aggressive. He was forcing passes. Uh, there was a couple of times where he should have just he checked down. He definitely got away with that when he was at BYU. And it, we're not at BYU, Zach. We're, we're in the NFL. But um, yeah, Zach Wilson's definitely got to look at the tape. Coaching, setting him down in the film room saying, yo, man, they, we, this is what's got to happen. Um I definitely think Robert Sala definitely got um, punched in the mouth, but he's going to get. They're going to get back up. Um, unfortunately, he has to go on the road and face Denver, and then definitely, definitely, um, it should be a good game. Uh, I will say this: they haven't been on they haven't been in sync um i had the same thing about the Washington football team last night's video you know they, they really aren't playing jets football like the last one six of the eight quarters they got to play jets football they got to get it together but i'm i'm confident they'll do that so uh, that i do want to apologize for that um i want to talk about the green bay packers and the Lions winning their football game. A um, couple things I took about away from this. 
I feel like it was an overall good game. We saw Aaron Rodgers. We know what he can be. Um, he kind of gave right back to his old form. I look at it from the fact that they started, you know, they finished the game with four touchdowns. The Lions came out hot offensively. And then for a good bulk of the first half, Green Bay matched their fire. Um, and then going into the half, Green Bay had five touchdowns, five touchdowns in the first six possessions of the game. Um, the Lions couldn't keep up with Aaron Rodgers in that offense. They just couldn't. Um, defensively, the Packers clamped down on Detroit. Detroit had no answers for them. Uh, they had one fumble and an interception. Um, I, in, in retrospect, I have to come to, to, the, to, to the Lions' defense. Um, the first drive of the game was a 75-yard touchdown drive. And then to go into, half, go into the second half of the game with the lead, uh, they had an opportunity to put a knockout blow. I thought they had, they had numerous opportunities, and they didn't do it. Um, the first three of the first four drives, they scored. But, I mean, when you turn the ball over twice, at the, the, the dumb point was I thought it was really stupid was when they went for it on the fourth and one. Um, why would you drop back the pass when you could have moved the ball? Run, you could have ran the ball. Excuse me, Matt Campbell. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? Um, that was a dumb. That that was that that was definitely a a brain fart. Um, play of I don't I don't know whether it's a play of the game. Um, I would say the fifty yard touchdown Eric A Rod threw to Devontae Adams. That was a good play. Um, I just want to real quick give a shout out to Aaron Jones. I'm glad they found his necklace with his father's ashes because he said he lost it. And I hope it's like, please tell me that someone found that. Um, I do. I, I'm happy that they did find it. Thank God. Um, you know the Packers. They go to to go to they, go, they face those 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 49ers. Sunday night, um, who just beat the Eagles. Sunday Night Football, that should be a good game. Um, the Lions, they got to pick themselves off the floor, and we go to their – the Ravens, we go see – we go to their home at Ford's Field, and after coming off a good win against the Chiefs. Um, I, I can't put it on Jared Goff. I'm, I'm looking at the – the the uh, just the offensive play calling. Again, coaching matters, but it just seems like we just give – we just, again, it's another instance where we sweep it under the rug. Um but I, I think the Packers will get. I think the, I think the Lions will get it together. It was great to see the the, the 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 Lions will get it together. It was great to see Aaron Rodgers back in his form because unfortunately, you know, it, it's really really. It, it, this is what bothers me, and I've told you guys about the told you guys about the media and what they do. You know, when a team starts off zero and one or zero and two, you they, they start going. It is it over for this team? Is it over for that team? Is Aaron Rodgers that guy? Is Big Ben that guy? And, and I'm looking like we have 15 more games left. Like they're even to the point where they're like coming out and they're, they already have early MVP candidates. 
after two games in a 17-game season, pump the brakes, okay? Let's pump the brakes on that. Let's pump the brakes. But um, it was a good game. Uh, I the Lions, the Lions definitely, definitely, I hope they did their thing. And, um, you know, just got this little little things. Now, Detroit, again, same with Baltimore. They're coming up with injuries. That secondary is thin. Um, so I know Aaron Glenn as a defensive coordinator definitely will do some. We'll, we'll, they're going to have to really be prepared. So I would, I would like to see Baltimore be aggressive with the passing, but I don't want them to be too aggressive. But see to hear it. And as I already said, we're talking about the lead that the Packers and the Detroit Lions. So, um, oh, I actually deleted the banner. Hold on. I had my Baltimore Orioles banner up, and it's gone. And I have Cup of Nationals. One second. Okay. So, little baseball. Um, great game tonight. We lost in extra innings to the Phillies, three to two. Um, it was a battle of the bullpens. Oh lordy, lordy, lord! Actually, you know what? I I'm not gonna lie. It, it looked it was really good. Um, it, it, but you know, the Philadelphia and Baltimore have the worst bull, bullpens in the game. Um, they ours, ours is trash. Um, JT Remuto had a two-run triple, and then yeah, that was a game. Uh, we intentionally walked Bryce Harper. Uh, Brandon Hyde said after the game, "Had a look at the video. I have the quote here. I didn't want Harper to beat us there. Remuto's an all-star, superstar, top player, but I didn't want to beat him as well. I don't care. Um, be aggressive." Be aggressive. Go after these guys. And, and, and guess who? And the guy they brought in for this, Cesar Valdez, who was just added to the 40 man roster two today. And um, he definitely, he would have, he, 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 he was an out of way, but um, Anthony Sontar didn't give me enough effort. And yeah, it was a go ahead double by Austin Hayes. So, Andy Sontar there, thank you. So you're the reason we lost too. Um, well, Desna has an eight, an ERA of eight. His last save was on the tenth. The only the only person we had on the bullpen left was a by a guy by the name of Brooks Krauski. Um, you know, we came into this game unfortunately forty eight and one hundred three. We have the worst ERA relief at 5.7. And the Sixers, not Sixers, the, the Phillies are a run better, but they're the sixth worst bullpen in the league. Um, so that was really, really disgusting. Um, our bench was really was, was lacking DJ Stewart. This, let me just say this right. I'm done with DJ Stewart. You will not. I, I just don't see him back on this team next year. I, I'm I'm done with him. Um, he, Brandon Hyde did. He, I mean, only had four guys on that bench, and he used them too fast. Uh, he, he, Ryan McKinney came in for for um, Connor Green in the top of the second. That didn't make any sense. Um, 
because Ramon Ureras is out with a leg injury. Um, and then the only we had was Mount Castle and Austin wins. So, but for some reason, he kept Tommy Esselman in the game, hit himself, and then he grounded out. So, um, there's a couple. There were, so, I said, Cedric Mons was tonight close to getting his 30 for 30. Um, it didn't happen. I, I guarantee he'll get it tonight. I mean, the next night, tonight. Yeah, well, today is Wednesday. So, I'm confident he'll get the 30 for 30. Just the gear he's been having. Um, damn, I, I just I can't say enough about Cedric Mullins, man. I just cannot. Uh, the Nationals, Nationals won tonight. Josh Rogers, former former Baltimore Oriole. Uh, that's what that that's what stings even more. Um, actually pitched really well tonight. Seven two thirds. Um. Gave up five hits, struck out four, walked two. The last time, that's as long as Alex has joined the club on the 4th of September. A um, couple notes here. Juan Soto and my man's um, Kiebert Ruiz had two hits, an RBI each. Um, the Nationals closed within, according to the standings, they're two games behind Miami for the 4th for fourth place in the NL East. Um, I, I just... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just... It was, a, it was a great... It was just a one-sided game. Um, the one the one run for the Marlins uh, came off of where... Uh, where is my... I'm looking at my notes. Um... Miguel Rojas, he singled with two out with two outs in the eighth. Andres Machado, bullpen, walk Jazz Chisholm, who's having actually a good year. And um, yeah. So I'm sorry, Lewis Brinson was credited with the RBI with a single RBI on the seventh inning. But um, no, what the hell am I saying? I'm sorry. My notes are all messed up, people. I, I apologize. Um, okay, I messed my notes up. I have to go look. I got to see how the Marlins scored that game. Uh, at that in the but in that game, but a couple things. Josiah Gray starts tomorrow, and we go up against Eliza Hernandez. So that should be an interesting. Pitching do I know Josiah will do just fine. Um, I'm actually looking at the time, and I actually might go ahead and just go ahead and just make the go ahead and do and make my rant. Um, the playoffs are here. Let's just say the playoffs are here. I apologize for my my uh, my grammar. <laughs> last night, between last tonight and last night, was, I need to go to sleep. But uh, the WWE playoffs are here. Um, 
We start off with single elimination games. We got the Dallas Wings versus the Chicago Sky. We got the New York Liberty versus those Phoenix Mercury's. Phoenix Mercury, excuse me. Um, biggest thing I'm going to look at going into this seat, going into this playoff game. Um, well, first and foremost, the New York Liberty got into the playoffs due to the Sparks losing and the Mystics losing as well. Um, a couple of things I, I, I'm looking at going into this game with Dallas, Dallas Wings. Um, Arike Agumawale's efficiency. I think that's key. Um, this is a very talented roster. Uh, Wally doesn't have to do it by herself. Marina Mabry, I'm a fan of her, but I feel like there are times where she tries to do too much. Great to see Mariah Jefferson back out there healthy. Um, Isabel Harrison, I know, you know, just had a recent bout of COVID. Been praying for her. Um, you know, just, again, versatile. Um, I just feel like the shooting offensively for her is, is the key in this game against Chicago. Um, her best, she shoots better around the rim. So that should be key. Um, Chicago Sky, who we all know they love, they love passing that ball, uh, especially according to Vandersloot. Uh, they, we finished the season. They finished the season with an assist percentage. I did my notes here. It is 70.70%. That is the third highest. The last two teams that did that was the 1999 Charlotte Sting and the 98 Cleveland Rockers. Um, since they're the first thing to cross the 70% threshold since the 2004 Indiana Fever. So I think going into this game, um, you, you're going to really see – a couple things from both teams. So I think it should be really, really good. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the games because I really, I don't. The games start Thursday. Um, so let, let me just, so let me just do it like this. So this is what's going to happen. So, because I don't, I, I really don't know if I'm going to watch that, that Panther and Texan game. Um, I don't know. That's, I, I, I don't, I just, but the Dallas Wings play the Chicago Sky 8 p.m. on ESPN2. New York Liberty play the Phoenix Mercury 10 p.m. ESPN2. So what happened was the lowest seed will face the Minnesota Lynx and the highest seed will face the Seattle Storm. So, if the New York Liberty beat the Phoenix Mercury, they got to face Minnesota. Um, if Chicago beats Dallas, they face Seattle and then reverse that. Uh, then we got the second round of the playoffs. That's Sunday. Uh, whoever wins the Dallas versus Chicago game, Dallas versus, Dallas versus Chicago, New York versus Phoenix, they'll face so whoever wins at Dallas or Chicago, they'll face Minnesota. Whoever wins between Phoenix and New York, they'll face Seattle. 
And then we got the conference semifinals that starts on September 28th. The first two home games are against the Connecticut Sun. And then that's whoever beats, whoever wins this second round, they'll face Connecticut and Las Vegas because they're the two top teams. And then the WNBA finals start October 10th. Um, my team, again, I'm going with the Chicago, the, it's not Chicago, it's the Connecticut Sun. Um, I just, again, I'm, I'm just eating my words. Um, I, I don't know what to feel, honestly. Um, should be the Mystics in there, but it's okay. Um, so a couple things that I will, I'm also looking forward to in this. I, I, I definitely know what the Phoenix, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to talk, let me talk about the, the Phoenix versus Liberty game. Um, I know a couple things are going to happen here. He, I, I, I got to see how. Tarani Diana Tarasi plays. Um, They're going to have to learn how to play without her. Uh, When I mean play, you know, she can't. The others are around her. I'm not saying they're not capable of doing that. Uh, But I've seen they've had good performances from uh, Shea Petty, former Mystic, Sophie Cunningham, Kia Vong, Bria Hartley, it's great to see her back on the floor, you know, after suffering an ALC injury. I feel so bad for her. I mean, the injury she's gone through, even when she was with the Mystics. Um, you know, the, the Liberty, again, my notes here, you know, they've made 321 threes. That's more than the Mercury have made, which is 241. Um Definitely, 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 that's the key. Um, when I look at the wing, the wings versus the 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 sky, I I just feel like I my my, my I want to see the Kalia Cooper versus Uma Wale. I definitely want to see. They were, I feel like Chicago's gonna have her on Uma Wale as much a lot um, because. Having Quigley and Vandersloot out there guarding her, yeah, it's not going to work. Um, but I feel like the X factor for Chicago is definitely, in my opinion, uh, Diamond to Shields. Because um, when she's at her best, she's the second best. She's the second best. She's the second leading scorer. And she's efficient. And but I, I love her defense. Um, her ability as a playmaker on uh, both sides of the floor, cannot sneeze at that. Um, again, she's another one. You know, she was starting to the first year in Chicago, but unfortunately, injuries, and then, you know, and then she left the bubble last year. It's it's one of those things we got to be honest. We got to I can't I can't sneeze at, but you know, the sky did average eighty three points. That was the third best in the league. Um, when Chicago's hot, they're not. They you can't stop them. Uh, the only thing is, I, I just not, I'm just not really so. I just wasn't sold on them from the jump because not taking away from the greatness of Candace Parker, but 
I was disappointed to see how the team looked without her. Because um, they pretty much, they, they they made the playoffs below 500. That's mediocre. Um, so it's going to be two great games. Um, I'm going to go with the Chicago Sky. I'm looking along the lines of, ooh, 89-79. Okay? Uh, Phoenix Mercury versus New York Liberty. I'm looking along the lines of 92-83. Phoenix Mercury. So, great games. I can't wait. I'm looking at the time, 33 minutes. I actually want to go ahead and just talk about the Mystics. Um, my awards. My 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 awards for the WNBA. Um, man, this was this was tough. Um, first and foremost, let me just say this. Um, I just want to thank all all the the, the ladies for a, a tremendous season that each and every one of you've had. Um, you all had a tremendous impact on the season as it went into twenty five. They went twenty five years. Um, you are a part of a fundamental change. Uh, you've done a lot, not just for the league, but for your communities respectively. Um, I don't want any hate towards me. Uh, I'm not being biased. Um, I, again, of course, my favorite YouTuber on here, Trust Your Eyes. And it, this was hard, picking these awards, um, because I talked about MVP, but... Um, I got to start off with a couple things. So let me put that as a banner real quick. Um, MVP. And I mistakenly forgot to save the document where I worked so hard on actually forget it. We're going to go we're going to go the hard way. So going to start backwards. Uh, I got to start with rookie of the year. Um, before I actually get into that. When, when, when I, when I look at this class, um, There's a couple things I want you to take take away from. Okay, there was really there... when I look at this when I look at when I just look at this draft class, right? Honestly and truthfully, nobody really stood out. I'm gonna tell you why. Because when I came into this season with the this idea of what the draft class gonna look like, you know, for example, Charlie Collier coming out of Texas, Kaiser Gondry coming out of West Virginia, um, but Michelle, all you wear. Um, Dana Evans, Destiny Slocum, just really, really um, 
just really hard to really find people that stood out. Uh, the biggest thing I took away from this draft class, there's they're collectively playing little or no minutes at all. Um, Renee Davis, I know, had a stress fracture. Uh, the number twelve pick by the Vegas, by the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces, Ayana Rupert with the Olympics and she didn't play. I don't, I don't recall even playing a, a game at all. Jasmine Walker was off for the season. She after she tore ACL, the second game of the season. Shayla Hill played four games before being traded to Chicago and then waived. Um, well, unfortunately, you know, um, all night they're 19 they're from overseas. So I wish I'd like to see them back. Hopefully I get to see them back in the league. Um, Stephanie Watts was drafted by the, the, the Sparks, and she was traded to Chicago. After six games, they let her go. Uh, Kai, Kaiser Gondrasik, um, I feel like good player coming out of West Virginia. Uh, I feel like she was a top 10 pick. I was surprised Indiana took her, uh, but she's on a personal leave. Um, Aaliyah Wilson drafted by the Seattle Storm. I think up, you know, she's not really getting a lot of minutes. And Chelsea Dungy, Dungy, I just not. It's it's just it just it's just a lot to. I mean, I, I mean that, that 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 was I just named you right there. First round picks. Um, the second, third round. Um, you know, Crystal Crystal Dangerfield last year was the first second-year player to win Rookie of the Year. Dee Dee Richards, she was drafted in the second round by the New York Liberty, University of Baylor. Um, I mean, I, it didn't surprise me because I, I I know what she, again, trust your eyes, her defense, and it definitely was a game-changer for, for the Liberty. Uh, Dana Evans, um, Dijon Carrington for the Connecticut Sun, uh, Ariella uh, Garantes, I mean, they're playing and they're averaging. I mean, they're, they're getting the minutes. But I hate to say this. This draft class was flat out not – did not exceed without the expectations. It was flat out just not the same. Um, I mean, you had three juniors that were eligible to go last year. Um, no, that they went pro last year. Seitu Savali, Candy Carter, and Megan Walker. Um, they were all may have all should have stayed in school, and it could have definitely had an impact on this draft. Um, I'm not sure, and again, I hate to say it, but I feel like COVID. Uh, definitely may have, I think, definitely played an impact. Uh, I feel like the preparation and the mindset, I I look at Kaiser Gondrasik uh, for her to take a personal leave. I'm not sure. I know her father recently passed away, and um, I'm just not sure. Maybe just the, the preparation, because uh, I did I did, I did talk, touch on this, and I think it was in season two of the podcast of these some of these girls having a hard time adjusting. So I feel like that that could be another thing. Um, 
And again, like if you think about it, you're at college, the spring and the summer, we're not putting, you know, no March Madness and, you know, and I've already talked about how the NCAA, you know, they do these, do the, the tournament, you know, the girls dirty, you know, how they prepared and all those things like that. You know, they're using um, yoga mats and, and, and five pound weights and they got to go out and get their own food compared to men where they're eating like kings, but that's the NCAA. Um, I mean, I, I still look, I, I still have, I'm still holding out hope for this draft class. Um, but rookie of the year, and I'm not doing this to out of spite. Michelle, Michelle is my rookie of the year. I, I it just, it was, it was really, really hard to find rook anyone as a rookie for this class. Dee Richards was a close second behind her. It was really, really hard to look at this draft class and say, this person stood out, that person stood out. It was really hard. She's played 50 more, more, 50% more minutes than any rookie in her class. I mean, I, I could have put Ari McDonald on this list. I put I had her a third on this list, but you know, again, you know, beginning of the season, she I just feel like Atlanta's just not the team for her. I feel like she was drafted into a situation where the team was already dysfunctional, but that's it. It's that'll 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 change. Um, I I just look at it like, wow. <laughs> um, and, and and when I make the my, when I get to the all rookies team, that's really going to be tough. Um, most improved player. Brianna Jones, hands down. I I, I trust eyes. Um, from where she was in the bubble, you know she looks like she's gotten she's gotten in great shape more from last year. Um, I, I just feel like Morena Marbury. I I just feel like just does too much. She just tries. She's she's trying to carry the show the, the weight, trying to carry the load too much, and I just don't think that's her. Um, Cause I think at the beginning of the season, she was like, she looked for 42%. Now she's like, she like around 34. Um, but Hey, listen, she's developing into a good foul shooter. I mean, free throw, a foul shooter, Breonna Jones. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at Breonna Jones. She definitely took a step forward. Um, same thing with Benajah Laney when she was with the Atlanta Dream last year. Um, you know, Brianna Jones is averaging 14 points a game, seven rebounds, and one is, and I'll say two assists a game. Again, going into a season where the um, you don't have you didn't have up until a couple games ago your your franchise piece, Lisa Thomas. Um, the confidence that they've given her that. And from an all-star, Brianna Jones, University of Maryland, she definitely is – I got to get her most improved player. Um, oh, man. Um, six six women of the year, I, I have to give that to Kelsey Plum. She's definitely averaging career-high 14 points a game. Um, last three seasons, she's averaged a little under 10. 
um, as a mole as a starter, but because of last year, she didn't play because of an Achilles injury. And she's definitely been a good spark coming off for the, for the Aces. I like that. Um, defensive player of the year, this was tough. Um, I have to give it to Sylvia Follows. Uh, Sylvia Follows, I believe, is 35. Um, the only other player in the league that's averaging a, league, a double-double is John Quill Jones, 16 and 10. Um, also career high in steals and blocks, which he ranks second in the league. Um, I, I can't, uh, John Paul Jones, man, like it, it's, oh my God, it was tough. It's, it, it was, it was tough. Um, I, I have to give this to your follows. Um, I also considered Brianna, Brianna Turner and that list as well. Um, but I feel like, you know, it, she, she will win it. She, it, it just, it was tough. It was between Sylvia Files and John Quill Jones. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, I got to talk about my first, and, and I'll probably break this down a little bit more. Uh, the all first WNBA team, um, uh, This was another one that was tough. So I, 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 this is again my notes. For some reason, it didn't save, so I only saved what I did right. But guards, I have to say, Skylar Diggins, Skylar Diggins Smith, Arike Ungubawale, John Quill Jones, Asia Wilson. Sylvia follows. That was tough. Um, all second WNBA team. Diana Taurasi. Chelsea Gray. Brianna Stewart, Tina Charles, Brittany Griner. That that's my second all team, first and all second teams. Um, Coach of the year. I'm gonna have to give it to Kurt Miller. Um, for a guy that didn't have his franchise piece in Alyssa Thomas, I have I have to give I have to give him props for managing the lack of depth to lead this team and to have the best record in the league. Um, I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sneeze at Cheryl Reese. You know, she started. The, they started the year off the season off 0 and 4 because they didn't have, you know, the best. You know, players being overseas, injuries. Uh, the Lynx won seven straight games going into Olympic break. Um, you know, I think it's like the 11th straight year they've made the playoffs. Uh, 
I can't. I couldn't stand. I'm, I'm no, Nathan, stay focused. Uh, <laughs> um, Kurt Miller, Cheryl Reeves, uh, Cheryl Reeves. I gotta give her the, give her some credit. Bring Kelly McBride in as a free agent. Ariel Powers as a free agent. Um, signing uh, Lachey Clarendon in May, and um, also too having the first, having an all NBA female coaching staff. So that's respect. Um, but again, I'm going to go over these awards again a little bit more, um, probably more clearer. But um, my MVP, drum roll, please. John Paul Jones. Um, I really don't know what else I can say. Um, for being overseas in June, the Suns were the Sun was two and three, and mightily offensively and defensively, offensively and defensively, mightily struggled. I've never, I've never seen any other player that has an impact on their team that does it on both sides, on both ends of the floor. I've never seen that. Um, I would, I, again, I, I'm eating my words because I sat here and said, "Oh, the Washington Mystics are the best. You know, when healthy, they're a top two team in the, in the league." And little did I know, after we beat the Suns and and Sun in 2019. Um, that they would be the best team in 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 the league, and now my I just got to sit here and and just draw my head in sorrow and say, um, yeah, Nathan, you, you should be ashamed of yourself for not picking the Connecticut Sun, but I, I do apologize for that. Um, trust your eyes. But they're gonna win the champion. They're gonna win the championship. But and, but <laughs> let me let me get off that. But seriously, um, again, you know, you didn't have. Jones at all last year, because again, COVID concerns. Uh, she's averaging 19 a game, two, three assists, and one like one steal a game. Uh, I just Tina Charles is to me, she's a team MVP. Um I, I, I just didn't I did not expect Tina Charles to carry the load that much with this mystic team. Um Brittany Griner gets some he's gonna get some consideration from me. Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson. Oh, by the way, it was so funny. Dawn Stanley, I love her. I love Coach Stanley. He roasted her, saying you can't even get a double double because <laughs> she's averaging nine rebounds, but she is getting, but she is passing the ball more. But you know, it, it she she'll get the double double because I, I love Asia Wilson, South Carolina. I'm a fan. <laughs> Coach Stanley. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, like you just gonna let her just get away with that? Come on, Asia. But um, yeah, those are the awards. Um, I will go more into depth. I gotta do the, the all rookie. I gotta really sit there and evaluate the rookies, because my lord, this this draft class was just disappointing, and I just didn't see good results at all, other than Michelle. Um, and again, I, I'm not sure if COVID, COVID preparation. Um, which makes me kind of concerned for the NBA's draft class. Well, let me take that back because 
but we'll we'll see. But really disappointing for the rookies. It, it was it, it was it was hard, y'all. I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. It was really really hard. Um, but um, let me real quick. I gotta talk about the the Panthers versus the the. Uh, The Texans. I don't really know what to expect in this game. I don't really know if I'm really going to watch this game. I don't know. Um, David, what is his name? His name David Mills is starting. Here, let me look. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, ladies and gentlemen, once they until they get this um, this legal stuff done with him, you will never see Deshaun Watson starting for the Texans. And and, and again, like I said, it, it just re- it really bothers me. Um, you 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 don't hear you didn't hear about any of this stuff when he was when they were kind of doing well. When the team starts slipping. And he wants out of Houston. I, I don't. That that just don't that just doesn't sit right on my. It doesn't sit right with me. So uh, David Mills is going to start because Tyrod Taylor's out uh, with a hamstring injury. He injured against those Cleveland Brownies um, on Sunday. Mills completed eight of eighteen passes for 108, 102 yards. With my notes here, he threw a touchdown and a pick. So David Cully made the announcement. Um, Deshaun Watson, I think it's like it's with 22 active lawsuits. Um, again, I just don't – it just that just don't sit right with me. Well, I, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to win this game. I'm looking along the lines of 24-14. I don't expect it to be a high-powering scoring game. I don't expect anything. Um, because against the Browns, David Culley made a horrendous de- – just a – one of those, wait a minute, hold on. One of those. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? Because um, it was, a, at first it was, um, well, it was a third and 15. Uh, Brandon Cooks got for 13, got 13 yard gain, and it was a fourth and two. But McKinley for the Browns, he jumped off sides. And then he declined the penalty. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? Why would you do that? He's he, no, and he's he, he one of our coaches from the Ravens. No, that's not going to work. Uh, that 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 was the most bone. That was just a bonehead um, call. I, I just don't get that. So I'm looking at the time. I'm actually okay with time. Um, I got to talk about the Washington Mystics. Um, unfortunately, you know, um, I'm, 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 I'm just this is a, this is a safe space for me to vent how I feel about the team, um, what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, again, it's just not a video to say to bash um, any any of those of, of, of these ladies um i there's just 
there, there are just a lot of questions I have going forward. I, I have the, I, I need answers about the Washington Mystics. Um, where do I begin? First and foremost, I, I, let me pull up the roster. Um, so, so many um, just so many things. So going to this season, we didn't have a draft. We didn't, we didn't have a draft pick at all because we you know, gave up all three picks for Tina Charles. Um, Latoya Saunders retired. We signed Alicia, Alicia Clark. Um, Errol Atkins got, got a contract extension. We got Erica McCall in a trade from the Minnesota Lynx. Um, we signed Theresa Passants. Natasha, Natasha Cloud signed a three-year deal. Um, we had, what was her name, Jackie, some, uh, Gabe Gamello, she retired. Uh, then we signed Javante Zellis. Um, Alyssa Clark gets injured overseas. Um, Mahesha Hines-Allen's overseas. So she temporarily got suspended. Uh, we traded a second, our second round pick for Sydney Weiss. Um, we signed Megan Gustafsson to a hardship contract. Then we waived Megan Gustafsson, our first round pick, Estella Johnson, and Kiara Leslie. We signed Shatori Walker Kimbrell. Then re signed Megan Gustafsson for the rest of the season. We actually signed her for a seven day. Uh, our third seven-day contract, and then signed it for the rest of the year. Um, Nathan, what are you getting at? Injuries, um, lack of consistency. Uh, When I played those videos yesterday with Natasha Cloud and Tina Charles, body language says a lot. The, the, the questions that I have going into this season um, are, are just a few things. I, I we really can't. We, we, we really can't. We we we've got to let twenty nineteen go because who's left on that from that team? Natasha, Elena, Ariel, Shatori. Maisha, Emma. I don't even think was Leilani Mitchell on that roster. I don't think she was. No, she was not. So she led the team. She led Tina Charles led the led, led the league in scoring with twenty three points. Um, I didn't expect her to carry the load. So if 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 anything, Tina Charles deserves a, deserves a scoring title. Not being sarcastic, um, I don't think that was the game plan when she came here. Um, I think she expected to be on a team that had pieces. When I mean pieces, I'm talking consistent pieces. People knowing their roles. People showing me effort day game in and game out. I'm not talking where you give me 
20 points a game. All I'm just asking is for his consistency, knowing your role. Um, again, great example, we played the Liberty. I cannot tell you some of the defensive assignments. We're not getting on defensive matchups properly. We're not switching. We're not, you know, we're not communicating. Um, and, and her, in and, and that press conference, she referred to quote players that return here next year, um, talking about what they need to improve on. Um, which again, let me just, I have the quote here. I haven't thought that far. I just know I really want to win a championship before I retire. Obviously, some decisions are going to have to be made, and I had to look into everything. I'm thankful for my year here and just to see how things, they do things, and that will help me definitely move forward. You just have to sit back and see what happens. You just never know. This is a great organization, how they treat people. We'll see what happens. That that stings a little bit because pretty much she came here expecting to win a championship, and we did not have a championship team. We, we, we can we, we can use the pandemic as an excuse but when you don't address when you, you when you're putting bandages when you, when you don't have the proper medical equipment you're not you're trying to put band-aids on a wound that's severely cut and you're trying to and no it's just not going to work um my next question elena deladon um she only played two and a half games so are we, was she just not fully ready to come back this season? Um, we're going to have to figure some things out. Um, uh, the, you know, the, I, 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 I love the foundation we have. Again, Deladon, Alicia Clark, Natasha, Erica McCall, Ariel Atkins, Sydney Weasel on the contract. Um, but they're going to have to do some things, a couple things. You got Manisha Hines-Allen, who's a restricted free agent. And um, you just got to see what happens. I mean, all second WNBA team last year, she averaged 12 points a game, seven rebounds. And then obviously, you know, she was dealing with a, a knee injury coming back from Europe. She was an all-star potential. Um and I'm kind of hoping that she stays. Um, Cindy Weiss just didn't work. That just she, I just don't see her on this team next year. Um, but it's supposed to be this this, this shooter, and I and I, I just didn't see it. I didn't. Erica McCall, she she is a great energy off the bench. Um, you know, great tenacious rebounder. I like to see her stay. Again, injuries was another thing. Um, Leilani Mitchell, Shertori Walker, uh, Theresa Plasance, Shavante Zellis, and Mega Gustafsson. Um, the only person I see that stays is that's coming back is Shertori because she knows her system and she was part of the championship team. Um, again, I, I just feel like the Mystics are at a, are at a crossroads. And, you know, because you have a lottery pick, because then, you know, you're going to have to ask yourself, because it kind of reminds me of 2016, which is actually good, because let me see who was on that team. But this is what bothers me. This is what kind of annoys me about Coach T a little bit. 
because the Mystics didn't, I don't recall them even making the playoffs that year. No, we went 13 and 21. Okay, so this is the roster. Um, Natasha Cloud, Kalia Cooper. We had someone, I cannot really pronounce that. Um, I don't know her name. Steffi Dolson, Bria Hartley, Tiana Hawkins, Taylor Hill, Ivy Lada. Allie Maylott, Maylott, excuse me, Emma Mieseman, Leilani Mitchell, Latoya Sanders, Tiara Ruffin Pratt, Kia Vaughn, and we had someone, Jamie Wisner. Um, we didn't make the playoffs that year. Uh, Kalia Cooper was our, was our pick. Um, some of, some of the, the, the decision-making Coach T, and then this is no person, this is not no 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 beef with him. But some of the decision making that he does as a GM is really questionable. Um because let me let me just I, I just want to break down his his draft history since he's come into this organization back was 2012, because the situation he came in was not was just not good. Um so obviously. He came his first his really first year was the 2013 season. Um, you know, that was the year was the, the, the three to see, you know, really Elena Deladon at the time, Skylar Diggins and uh, Brittany Griner. And we ended up with the fourth overall pick. And I liked that pick. And that we ended up getting the lovely Taylor Hill um, out of the Ohio State. Um we got Emma Mieseman in that draft as well in the second round. We also got um, Nadara McKenneth. Um, she didn't last on this roster that long either. I think she was only here for a year. And that was it. Um, come out of St. John's University. Okay. Next year, he trades Kel uh, Crystal Langhorn for Bria Hartley and Tiana Hawkins. Because we had drafted Steffi Dolson with the sixth pick. And he made that trade to trade Crystal Lang on the Seattle for Bria Hartley and Tiana Hawkins. In that draft as well, um, they didn't last on this roster. That the next year, um, really, this is where he made a mistake. He drafted Allie Maylott out of Dayton. Um, Trash eyes. He really threw me off with that pick. Um, really, just really quick, let me just name off some of the players that he passed up on. Um, Brittany Boyd, Kia Stokes, Isabel Harrison, um, Natasha Cloud, who you could have drafted in the first round, but he ended up drafting in the second round. Rashonda Gray, uh, Benajah Laney. That's who he that that's what he passed up on to draft Ali Mela. 
and she only lasted here one year. Twenty sixteen, we drafted Kalia Cooper with the sixth pick, and we didn't make the playoffs. Then we traded the next year, going into twenty seventeen season, we got Deladon, which was still to me, I don't know how we pulled it off, and for Steffi Dolson, Kalia Cooper, and Washington's first round pick for this year. Um, and we also traded Bria Hartley and Kia Vaughn. So you kind of began to see where the direction of the team was going. Because, again, I, at the time, I think what Taylor Hill, it wasn't like rookie, but I think it was her sophomore year she missed because she was pregnant. Tiana Hawkins, uh, Bria Hartley with the injuries, and Taylor Hill is getting with injuries as well. Um, I saw what the team could could be. Um, I, I just feel like, especially the way things hit with Taylor Hill, how that, how that ended. I know she said publicly on the Instagram, she loved Washington DC, but she didn't really want to be with the mystics. I think his patience had all really, but thinned out with her, um, with the injuries. Uh, but we drafted Shatoya Walker Kimbrell with that pick. Um, next year we drafted Aaron Atkins, Maisha Hines Allen, Emma Mieseman didn't play that year because of she wanted to get herself together. Okay, we signed Dev Peters. I don't even think she was even on the roster that long. Um. We traded Taylor Hill in a second-round pick to the Dallas Wings for Ariel Powers. That was the year that we lost to the Seattle Storm in the finals. We got swept. Okay. Um, but, unfortunately, Deladon got hurt in that as well. So, next year, the next year, you draft Kiara Leslie out of NC State, and he won the championship. Nathan, what are you saying? I'm saying, if you've noticed, I, I I went off the last few picks. He doesn't keep them that long, at max two years, two, three years easily. Taylor Hill should still be on this team because, again, trust your eyes. She can shoot the ball. Bria Hartley, I know what she can be as, can do as a playmaker. Trust your eyes. University of Connecticut. Natasha Cloud should have been our first-round pick instead of Allen Maylock. Kalia Cooper, coming out of um, oh my gosh, the school is, is, is escaping me. Uh, Rutgers. I, I, I know, I, I know what I know what she could do. Now, I, I, she averaged her senior year. She averaged seventeen. The seventeen. She averaged, she averaged seventeen a game at Rutgers the last year. Even though she was coming off the bench, she still played a good role for the Mystics. His decision making as a as a GM, I, I I question it, and I I really feel like 
going forward with 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 this team, it, it just he's going to have to figure out a couple things. Are you okay with? with this with this team going forward i'm not because if you're saying let's keep this same team together next year we're easily at first round exit and that's and and that's that that's very that's very telling but i I ask for your patience as i play this video and that's going to end the podcast um I'm going to be very mindful of the the mutes. I mean, muting the video because I want you guys to understand their extra interviews and hear what they all got to say, and then we're out. All right. But um, again, just listen, trust your eyes, and um, yeah, take it from here. We'll start with Kareem. Hey, hey, Mike, how's it going? How are you feeling? Feeling much better. Um, the last couple of days have been better. So, yeah, despite watching the games. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, not not talking about games, just talking about uh, your own health. Glad well, that affects know. my health, you know, watching that. <laughs> it was great to see Coach T back, by the, the way. The blood pressure up a little bit? Probably. I don't know. Sometimes it's yelling at officials and it's sometimes yelling at ours. That is good. Well, shoot, Eric got Eric got a little yelling in the other day. Yesterday, actually. Yep. Ironically, ironically, although he didn't know it at the time, I had texted Maria beforehand to tell him it's so bad, go ahead and get a technical, I'll pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he said he didn't uh, he didn't know if he had enough credit in the bank to um Talk about the officiating last night. Okay. None of us do. None of us have that kind of credit. <laughs> well, those, those those fines are too big. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a little interesting yesterday, but I'll get going once again. Glad to hear you're feeling well. Yep. Um, did you? So, have you gotten a chance to talk to the whole team at at, at this point? I did briefly after the game yesterday, and I just got off a team meeting call with them. Uh, a little bit ago, mm-hmm. so they, they all met in person. Um, I mean, I think you know, without going into a ton of specifics, because I didn't even go into all of them with them. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big believer. Uh, you know, in the old Bill Parcells one, you are what the scoreboard says you are, and we're 12 and 20, and we have a lot, lot of reason. Some are good excuses, and some are not. Um, but the fact of the matter is um, we're not in rebuild mode, but we're in a reset button mode. We need to reset our culture and how we go about things. And we need to redevelop an identity. And I don't think we had an identity of being good at anything this year. Um, you know, we, we weren't a good shooting team. We weren't a great defensive team. There were days we were good defensively. Uh, we weren't particularly a dominant rebounding team. We were a better rebounding team earlier in the year. Um, and so the fact of the matter is we weren't great, um, no matter how you look at it. And obviously, if you put, you know, Elena and Alicia Clark 
uh, into the lineup and you have, you know, some of those other players available for more games, yeah, it would look different. But I can't count uh, on um, just that being the answer. We have to fix some other things too. And it's a very simple fact. When you are, you know, next to last in the league in field goal percentage and you don't shoot as well as you normally do from the three-point line or the free throw line, that's got to be fixed. And it's not just, you know, a couple players. It's, you know, we have, you know, five players who played a fair amount of minutes shoot in the mid-30s for the most part from the floor. That's not good enough. Uh, defensively, we didn't get stops. We didn't protect the rim. We didn't, um, you know, do what we're supposed to do. We're normally a low turnover team, um, and we were by the number of turnovers, but not to our standards. And the turnovers we had led to more points than normal. You know, usually if you, let's say you, you commit 13 or 14 turnovers, which is considered low in our league, but those can't be, you know, those can be 13 or 14 points. They can't be 20. Mm -hmm. And those things catch up. Um, we can complain all we want about the officiating, but the fact of the matter is our opponents throughout the year shot more free throws than us. And that that's not acceptable. I mean, we lose a game yesterday and I can scream and moan all I want about the officials, but the fact of the matter is um, there are different officials every night. And so it's not the same one coming every time uh, to penalize you. I've told that to several of our players. You know, they're complaining that they're, you know, they're not getting good calls for them. Well, you know, it's different. It's one thing if it's the same official making those calls on you, but when 25 different officials call the same call, then guess what? You're probably fouling people, you know? So it's all of those things. And so we, we have people playing big minutes this year that that wasn't the intention when we signed them. The intention was them to be role players and to, you know, play 5, 10, 12 minutes, not to be playing 20-plus minutes as starters. That's just – that's a fact of the matter. But we have to fix that this offseason. And so it's – you know, the coaches need to figure out, can, can we coach them better? Can we teach them different things? Can we improve how we practice? Practices have been tough. We didn't have practice guys, but that was the same for the whole league uh, the first half. So – but, you know, it, it, we have to figure out ways to – you know, when you're playing every other day uh, for the stretch that we did, how do we manage that time maybe better? Um, and and it's, it's all of those things, you know. But talent, at the end of the day, you have to have enough talent to win games. And my evaluation is through injuries and everything else, our talent wasn't good enough to win enough games. It just isn't. That's Trish the fact eyes. of the matter. Is it strange to kind of be in that in this position, you know, talking about a reset when, you know, literally just at the beginning of the year, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, you guys having this window, especially, you know, if you count last year also, but you didn't, you, you know, the team that you built after 2019, looking at that window, you know, you never really got a shot to kind of run it with that whole group. Is it just kind of an odd position to be in? It's a very odd position because I think what we did uh, to reset our team as far as, you know, signing Alicia, um, you know, bringing Tina here, um, you know, counting on uh, Elena to be better uh, health-wise, uh, you know, you, you can't, you know, we didn't have any thought that Maisha would miss over half the season or close to half the season. 
um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot different. I mean, um, but it's, I think a lot of it's fixable too. It's not, it would be different if you're coming into a situation saying, boy, the cupboard's bare. We don't have talent. Um, we have, um, Elena and Alicia and Natasha and Ariel Atkins and Erica McCall signed for next year. And so we have to figure the rest of it out. And we have a lot of re restricted free agents and, and unrestricted free agents. Some will stay, some won't. Uh, there will be some other people out there in the league that we'll look at. Uh, we have a lottery pick now in the draft. The last time we been, went through this uh, was the year we did the deal for Elena. Uh, we missed the playoffs. We had a lottery pick. It gave us a chip to use in a trade. And we need to use this chip that we have wisely. Um, I don't like never being in. I don't like not being in the playoffs. But if we're not in, then we have an opportunity with the lottery pick and, you know, some little bit of flexibility as far as, you know, choosing uh, how we use our cap money. Um, we have an opportunity to, to fix some things. Uh, and then you still, like every other team, you're going to still knock on wood and hope you stay healthy. But we know the things that we're supposed to do, and we're going to go out and try to do them. Um, one last thing for me, I'm not going to hold everybody up. Um, I want to ask about, can you update us just how Elena's feeling now and, and what the plan for her kind of moving forward would be as far as just kind of health wise? Well, I, I, I will say this, uh, we have a meeting scheduled. Uh, we've had one already um, and I'm not um, revealing uh, everything we talk about. We've had one meeting with our medical, um, you know, doctors and trainers and, and everybody, um, you know, to try to formulate a plan. We'll have another one coming forward here soon. Um, I, I don't know what exactly what the answer is. I do know this, uh, despite her not playing these last couple weeks, um, she has made progress this summer, much slower than we thought, but she has made progress. Um, the setback uh, is more from uh, some nerve issues uh, that are being pressed on that um, they're called ridiculous symptoms. You guys can all go look that up and Google it. But, uh, you know, uh, for anybody that's had, you know, those kind of issues, um, you know, it's, it's almost like referred pain in a sense. So um, we think based on all the discussion we've had that it's, solvable. Uh, she is optimistic about it. Uh, doctors are optimistic about it. Um, but I just, you know, we were in a position the last couple of weeks that um, just didn't feel comfortable putting her back in that position. So in other words, for after those two and a half games, coach, you're pretty much saying you gave me false hope. Thanks. And having a setback that was needless. Um, and I, I just think that's where we are. And as we go forward in the off season, uh, we will update people, uh, hopefully more regularly now that we're, you know, able to maybe do a little bit more non pandemic. I mean, we have, we have all those issues still in front of us, but you know, we were in a little bit tougher position, but I think we have a better grasp of some of the issues that can be addressed, but I think there's a lot of optimism uh amongst everybody in the medical side that she will improve a lot 
a lot this offseason and be a lot more prepared to play. Um, there's no guarantees, obviously, ever with that kind of injury. But I think everybody around it feels a lot more optimistic. And most importantly, she does. Well, if, if that's the case, then why did we just not say she's done for the season? You know what I mean? Like, for, to play two and a half games, and then he comes out with these comments about, well, she really wasn't, uh, we really weren't comfortable putting her all out there on the floor more. Then just then you should just say she's not going to play the whole year. Like, that's perfect. I appreciate you. I'll uh, let yep. some other folks chat for a while. Thank you. Yep. Tyler. Hey, Mike. Uh, I'll keep it on Elena real quick. Um, it, it almost sounds like her tweaking her back in that game may have been kind of like a red flag that you guys were able to see. And was that kind of like a good way to read it? Um, I don't know that that was particular. I mean, we've made a lot about that that was a, a, a trigger point at that time, but I think there were still some other issues going on and she was just trying to test to see where she was. I don't know that that's particularly why uh, we shut it down. Um, you know, I just think there were some symptoms there all along and that just probably magnified it a little bit. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not the medical person that should be, you know, speaking to medical issues, but I just feel like, um, you know, it's, um, I mean, she's talked about this before, but it's the, the issues of, you know, can I just be comfortable uh, driving my car or doing these other things? Or is there some discomfort there that, you know, can be uh, addressed? And I think that's what we're trying to address right now. Okay. And I know this, uh, with you being out and Eric stepping into uh, uh, being the main guy, I know you've talked about in the past how maybe Real quick, I just want to point this out. Um, Mike Tebow is one of my favorite coaches. Basketball. Um, the man, he's coached well over 50 years. Um, he's the winningest coach in the WNBA. He needs to be in the National Basketball Hall of Fame. Um I've, I've always joked at one time when the Wizards, after they fired Randy Whitman, even before Randy Whitman came into play, uh, he would actually been a good he would have been a good candidate for the Wizards. Um, you know, I he I don't know when he's going to retire. Um, I know he's talked about it in the past. I know that the reporter, I know they're going to go along the lines with this. I know he pretty much says he. I know it's somewhere where he said he can just be a, a, a general manager. Um, He's also said that, you know, he just said one day when he did, he wakes up and he feels like he doesn't want to go to work. I didn't, again, I haven't watched all this. Um, I just, I know he, I know he talked about it in the past before, but I'm pretty sure he's going to say the same thing again. Um, the team will be in great hands with Eric. Um, they, they have the same personality. Um, they, they, they know how to coach. And regardless, the, the franchise will be in good hands with Mike 
you know, with, with Mike Tebow's fingerprints over it in a good over it. Because when he came in here, I, I mean, the franchise was just in a disarray. I mean, I mean disarray. I mean, we had good talent, but from front office to coaching, horrible. Be having a succession plan. Obviously, this isn't how you wanted it to happen. But have you learned some things about maybe how this process will go down the line? And um, not particularly from this, because I think I already knew. Um, I mean, I thought Eric did a terrific job, not because he's my son, but because he's an assistant coach that, you know, has been placed in a position of uh, doing this. He's had opportunities to go somewhere else to be a head coach, uh, has turned it down to stay here. <clears throat> he's, he's ready now. He's probably a better coach than me in some ways. Um, we, you know, we, we both see the game. Um, somewhat similarly, but, you know, the difference in age and the difference in how you view the game, um, you know, those are healthy discussions in our office amongst our entire staff. Um, I've, I've felt all along that when I'm ready to walk away from it, he's ready. I have felt that for, you know, a couple of years now. Um, I have made no decision on a timetable for me. Uh, I'm certainly... I, I take every off season and take a couple months to say, okay, where are we? What do I feel like? Uh, how do we go about it? I've told some of you, this has been the hardest year I've ever experienced in 50 plus years of coaching. Um, but it's, it's a combination of things. It's not just the injuries. It's a lot of things. The pandemic hasn't helped anybody in that regard and how you view things and how you go about day-to-day -day things. Um, this last weekend, I think only probably, uh, confirmed what I already knew, um, that he's ready. Uh, I think our players respect him, but I'm not sure I'm giving it to him yet either. <laughs> you see uh, that? Like, like he shouldn't be doing that, man. Cause he, cause he, he's throwing like, don't, 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 throw, don't throw curveballs, man. Come on. Know, coach. I, it, it, one way or the other, um, this team is still going to have my imprint on it for the near future. Absolutely. Um, and, and I don't like he's the changed, idea of he's changed the culture, you know, walking away he's changed, from something he's definitely done his, he's that definitely needs to be fixed or repaired. And so, um, you know, my job right now is to address immediate concerns with our team. Uh, there are longer term concerns uh, to be dealt with, and we've got a lot of months to do it. One more month than I wanted to have, but. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get that done. But, uh, you know, I think he's completely uh, ready for this and he's done a great job. One last one. Uh, sure. with, Tina, with Tina signing one-year deals, each year you basically have to re-court her into making her make a decision. Uh, we're not, no, we can't court her. She's not, she's not allowed to be courted. She was courted in New York enough times that sure. she's uh, passed that. I, I, I meant courted, as in like trying. Oh, to courted. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know where that stands. I mean, she. I think. I think time away from the end of the season is the first part of it, uh, for her to, you know, get away from the emotion of losing. I mean, she came here to win a championship, and nothing she signed up for uh, went right. She signed up to play with Elena and and um, Alicia and Alicia. Tosh and Ariel and those guys and. Um, wasn't intending to come here and be the go-to scorer. Uh, and and again, I, I had I, I know I probably just keep pausing. And again, when he come when he the the, the the thing that came the first thing that came out of his mouth, he you know he said what he said his response. 
that lets me know um, my fear that she may be going like, I would like to be traded. I don't think Tina's going to just walk away from the mystics like that. I think she's still, I just, I, I just feel like next year is going to be a better year, but we do have to make some adjustments. Um, and so all of a sudden that changed. And I think that, you know, she probably needs some time to think about, you know, what she wants out of her future. And, you know, this is not even related to her necessarily, but how do we fit in our salary cap, what we need to make our team whole going forward? I mean, we have, we have salary cap decisions to make just like a couple other key teams do um, that will impact us, not just in the short term, but in the long term. I mean, Maisha is a restricted free agent. Emma uh, is unrestricted. Um, Tina's unrestricted. You know, Emma's got to deal with national team stuff again with the world championships coming at the end of our season. So we have a lot of hard discussions to have with our players and see how it all fits together. I, I really don't have an answer to that yet. But part of it is, you know, does Tina want to be here? And yeah, we'll probably uh, have to go through that process again. Um, but at least right now, she has an idea of what her teammates are like, um, the organization is like, and I'm sure she's frustrated with some of what occurred this summer. We all are. And yeah, so we'll have to figure that out over the next couple of months. But again, none of that is something we're going to do this week. Um, free agency doesn't start until January, middle January. And you know, we'll be prepared with a plan. We will have interviewed and talked to all of our players and we'll know how they feel probably within the next, you know, 60 days or so. But everybody needs, when you have a season like this, you know, I always find it amazing. Everybody wants to have exit interviews right away. And I think for some of your key players, uh, they are better served to have exit interviews when you've had time to step away from it yes. and have a maybe more calm perspective about the whole thing. Yes. You know, Trying to make all your decisions the day after you get eliminated is a pretty tough, uh, you know, thing to do. I agree. Amen. Thanks, Mike. Hope you glad to see you're doing well. Uh, I'm not being sarcastic when he says that. I just, that makes absolutely no sense. I think like the Sparks today had their their exit interview. Like, damn, can you at least give me like a week, like a couple weeks to process everything? No, 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 no. The Sparks. Did I say the Sparks. I think the Sparks had their exit interview. Like, give me a couple weeks. Damn. Yep. Thanks. Scott. Hey, Mike, uh, glad to see you healthy. Um, you know, it's all fun and, and, and good when you're winning consistently and you're in the playoffs competing for a championship. And now you got to do some tinkering. You got to figure out what are the fixes. Is that is that kind of the fun part, the challenge of, of trying to figure out to get back to that championship level, Mike? Fun is a relative term. Yeah. Um, but I do enjoy the challenge. I mean, it's why I took this job in DC in the first place because it couldn't have been any worse than when I came here. Yeah, and was, so it was, that it was, was the challenge of doing that and building it was fun. And I, you know, I, 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 I think there will be parts of it that'll be fun and some of it won't be. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's gonna be some calculated risks when you talk about um, salary cap balanced with injuries 
older players, you know, how many of those can you have on a team? Um, we just had a discussion with uh, one of our doctors that that's, that's a huge issue when you're trying to put together a team for the long haul. How many of those players have past injuries that could crop up and, you know, be a, be a factor? And, you know, almost every key player in our, our team has that um, one way or the other. I mean, Tina's had her issues. You know, Ariel's had her issues. Natasha's had her issues. Luckily, they didn't result in, you know, three-month issues. But, you know, we've had them all. And so um, that will be an interesting part of this whole thing thing is into a better understanding of what kind of medical or injury risk we want to put with, you know, all the other decisions about talent and chemistry and financial. I mean, there's a lot of different moving parts when we, when we try to put this together. I was listening to your answer to Kareem and you, and you mentioned culture, um, changing the culture, tinkering the culture. Do you feel like the culture has maybe slipped a little bit since winning that title? Maybe some complacency has been setting in a little bit? Oh, I, I can answer that. Um, complacency is not, is not the, the, the issue. I, I've, already, I've already touched on this. We, we like, I, I've said the same thing with basketball, football, baseball, it, 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 these are results-oriented leagues, okay? The taste of a championship is that the, the taste is starting to dissolve, okay? We have to get past 2019. I just said there are seven players. Most of them, two of them left for free agency, two retired, um, and others, I don't care about the other ones, but <clears throat> you got to understand, a lot of people wrote up, didn't even have us winning the championship. A lot of people had Connecticut winning. After getting swept last year, like said, everyone said, oh, the Mystics aren't going to go back after being swept by the Seattle Storm. I don't know if it's complacency. I think part of it is a lot of different players. You know, everybody wants to keep talking about 2019, and yet the reality is that the only players on our team this year that had any connection to 2019, there were only four of them. I mean, Maisha, Natasha, well, five, I guess, um, Elena and uh, Shatori when we brought her back. Nobody else was a part of that culture. No. And I think they've all come from different backgrounds. And I think that, and I say culture, it's not just day-to-day -day how you treat each other. It's style of play. It's the pace you do things. I think it's how you do your workouts. I think it's all of that. Yeah. See, see, like that, these, that, that stings a little bit. Again, I'm gonna keep saying that stings if I'm on this, if I'm on this team, because I don't know if you mean. Again, I don't know how each individuals, individually they work out. I don't know that for a fact. I don't. Um, it's it's unfortunate. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, with this team going forward. Cause I just, I just don't see what I saw this year. Again, the, the, the box score says a lot. I mean, we're talking donuts, bagels, Krispy Kreme donuts. I mean, we're talking zero. I mean, you can't, you, you, you gotta, 
And Explain the video, I, I, I think there's been slippage. I don't know if it's from complacency or unfamiliarity, too. Um, I think it could be all of the above a little bit. And, you know, I probably speak for everybody on the Zoom. We don't want you to leave. We don't, we don't want you to step away from coaching. But when you do know that it's time, what will that look like? How will you know when it's time, Mike, to, to kind of hang up the whistle? Um, I, I've always told myself, and I've talked to people who have gone through this, friends, uh, when I don't want to get up and go to the office uh, or coach my team in practice, and it's more than a couple days in a row, then it's time. Um, you know, uh, Ted Leonsis and I and Sheila Johnson and I have a kind of a, a working agreement that I can make that choice. And if I want to just be the GM, I can do that. Um, but I want it to be at the right time. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just know that I'll know. And I, you know, there are days, you know, part of it is, this season, there are days you go, man, I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need this crap. But at the end of the day, I still thinking about, I still wake up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning with thoughts about what we need to fix something or a new play or everything. So that tells me I'm still engaged mentally with the day that I haven't, I haven't bagged it. So when those days go away, then I might be concerned. How many years have you coached for, Mike? 50 plus. I don't know. the exact. I started coaching when I was 17 and I'm going to be 71. So... You tell me, whatever that works out to, 54, something like that. Uh, you still got a lot of miles left on those tires. Come on now. We'll see. All right. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Jen. Hey, Coach. Good to see you You doing well. Um, Toya doing well as well still? Yes, she is. She was on the call with us. Saw the little guy. He's, God, she's lucky he's sleeping. <laughs> I wish mine had slept. Um but she's doing well. Yeah, she's uh, she's a, she's going to be a great mom. So good to hear. Glad glad we're getting more more. Again, real quick, I just want to give Shay give a quick shout out. Congratulations to Latoya Saunders and her husband on on welcoming a new their son into this world. Um, I wish you wish them nothing but the best. And um, yes, Latoya Saunders, congratulations to both of you. But I'm, I'm wanted to continue to play the video. I know it's an hour and nine minutes, um, but this is just what this is me. This this is or we're going to let them. But everyone say their piece. This is the extra interviews for the Mystics, um, and then I want to end the podcast. I'm going to end the episode um, real quick. Episode nine will go up. The goal is to have it up Friday. Um, I'm going to take a couple days, probably tomorrow, and um, just, just kind of just reevaluate some things about the podcast and just kind of take a little, listen, just take a, just get a, a little day off. But we're going to continue the extra interviews. Um, I know after here, Coach T, it's uh, Ariel was in this, and Leilani. And Therese, Teresa, and Maisha. So, for kids to potentially see at games in the coming yep. years. Yeah. Um, I asked Tosh this yesterday, but curious to get your take as well, just on on how 
missing the playoffs this time feels similar or different to the situation in 2016? Um, There's no well, difference, really. It's, it's a little bit different. Um, I mean, it always sucks. So I, I don't have a, a simple answer. Uh, in 2016, we didn't have that same hope right at the end of, of still getting in. We had to shut down a couple of players, Latoya being one of them, actually. She was injured. Uh, Ivory Latta got injured. Um, I want to say Taylor Hill, Bria Hartley. A couple other people were injured. You know, we, we were bringing people in and out. Ironically, it was also an Olympic year. Um, but Yeah, it was an Olympic year. That's right. We, we spent the whole time after the break just kind of beat up. And... Um, I don't know what her answer was. Um, at that time, it was kind of an unknown for us. We knew we were going to be in the lottery. We got, you know, fortunate enough to get the second pick uh, to use that to go as part of the deal to get Elena. Um, yeah, and my, my feeling is missing the playoffs this time, um, while, it, while it's tough not to be in it, I can see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel if we're smart enough to make use of our resources and, and do the right evaluations. Whether the lottery pick becomes a young player in the draft or whether it becomes a trade chip like it was in 2016, that's to be determined and I have no idea at this point. Um, we have some decisions to make on some players. Um, Back in 2016, we didn't know that the Elena thing was going to happen when we when we missed the playoffs. So nobody could have foretold what what we were about to enter. This time, for me personally, um, we're built. We're we say this the right way. We're trying to build ourselves with the ability to win a championship. The similarities is in neither neither in 2016 or this year have we had we made the playoffs. I don't think we're good enough to win a championship in either of the years. We would relish the opportunity this year to keep competing, uh, go down and play Phoenix in a one-game playoff thing. You never know, but for the long term, the long haul, we're not the most talented team, and we. We were going to be shorthanded in every game we played in the playoffs. And I felt the same way in 2016 uh, because of the injuries and the health of our team and, 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 and not the talent level of those teams. Um, we have an opportunity to get back into the elite group right now. And so that's going to be kind of the opportunity we try to take. And, you know, obviously there was that mid-season kind of experimenting with your bench in terms of cutting a few players, bringing in Shatori and, and eventually signing Meg to that rest-of-season deal. Do you feel like that gave you a better sense of, you know, who you might want to retain in kind of the role-player category versus, uh, you know, how many spots you might want to fill externally? I don't know that that did. I think that both of them, though, came in and did what we hoped for. Um, that doesn't um, that doesn't x in, x things in one way or the other for next year. Um, 
you know, we're going to have conversations with both of them about what our expectations are uh, for them coming back. Obviously, Tori is a restricted free agent, um, and Megan is all really, really quick. I, I want to go back to something that was that that he said, and, and eventually signing Meg to that rest of season deal. Do you feel like that gave you, you know, obviously there was that mid-season kind of experimenting with your bench in terms of cutting a few players, bringing in and, and eventually signing Meg to that rest of season deal. Do you feel like that gave you a better sense of, you know, who you might want to retain in kind of the role player category versus, uh, you know, how many spots you might want to fill externally? For, uh, before he gets into that, let me say it. Let me say this. The, the, the Megan Gustafsson experiment failed. Um, her only best game she had was when she had 12 points against the, the Seattle Storm. Um, Stella Johnson came into this season. He said it, not me. She was, quote, unquote, unquote our first-round pick. Because um, she, she, she had a good outing in the bubble. And on top of that, she was coming off um, an injury. Kara Leslie was drafted from NC State as a defender. Again, according to that YouTuber, trust your eyes. And from what I've seen in the bubble, I think her – and I know she had the concussion protocol, and I think the way that she was cut was just not right. But I think – but the I, let, let, me, let me just go ahead and say it. I don't. I, I feel like Sydney Weiss. I know she's under contract. I feel like that she's she's expandable. She can be traded. Um, like Lonnie Mitchell, as uh, serviceable as she is, I feel like we can go younger with her position. Uh, Theresa Plasance, I, I I just don't think she she doesn't fit our system. I just don't think it's going to work. Uh, Shavante Zealous, I don't see her coming back. I don't see, I don't, she's not a good fit for that. She just, I don't see her, her next year neither. Um, Megan Gustafson, I don't see her coming back. Shatori Walker Kimbrell, I'd like to see her back. The Mystics, for bench productivity, I think they need a, a point, a combo guard, point and shooting guard. That's one. Okay. I think you need a wing defender. I think you know that I need another three-point shooter alongside Alicia uh, Alicia Clark. You need some paint presence. I I think a strong I think a center and a forward behind Emma and Tina. That's if they come back. Couple couple names come to mind already. Kalani Brown would be a good fit. I think it would be interesting for the Mystics. I like to see her. Because again, I think she's a, 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 like a baby enforcer. It kind of reminds me of a baby Shaquille O'Neal and uh, Alana Coates. Uh, we we talked about getting out rebounded. He's talked about those things, and, and, and I feel like she would those those two girls uh, as, as an inside, you know, particularly inside presence would help. Now I understand they might clog the lane up, but. From what I saw this season, looking at some of these box scores, getting out rebounded, um, excuse me, you need more, you need more. But I, I, I just, I just feel like 
that's what he needs to look for in revamping this bench. Because I'm telling you, so the way they, the way, I, the way these, the way they perform, no. If I was, the, if I was in his shoes, I tell him, no, we're not, we're not going to resign you. We're not bringing you back. It just, it, it just, we appreciate what you did for us, but you don't, you're not in the, the you're not, I, we don't see you in the direction of where we want the Mystics to be. That's just how I feel. I don't know that that did. I think that both of them, though, came in and did what we hoped for. Um, that doesn't um, that doesn't x x things in one way or the other for next year. Um, you know, we're going to have conversations with both of them about what our expectations are uh, for them coming back. Obviously, Shatori is a restricted free agent, um, and Megan is our um, reserve player or restri- I don't know whether she's reserved or restricted. I can't remember, but there's, you know, there's an opportunity uh, for them to try to improve upon what they did uh, coming in. I'm, I'm happy with what they did. Um, uh, more, there's no I'm more with Shatori. Megan right didn't show me um, a lot. She didn't show me anything. You know, as far as, you know, if you don't have a guaranteed contract, um, you know, you got a lot to prove. Well, and, and but it's not really just her. It was it was pretty much the whole bench. Um, the whole bench, just that second unit, just needs it. Just didn't didn't show me a lot. Shatori, you know, we got to understand she came in on a in the middle of the season, so she's already coming. You know, at the house is on fire, and and um, I just think. You know, when 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 when, the, when when you're it's a non-guaranteed contract. Yeah, you do have to prove your worth, but it doesn't take uh, uh, some. It doesn't take. Uh, I don't know what how many what you need to see. You know, your evidence points to the box scores. It points to, you know, what you see every night. I, I keep going to say it when, when you're not getting consistent, you're not seeing any improvements offensively defensively, you're not seeing those things on the box score, game in and game out. Maybe you just don't fit this team's what system, what we're looking for. Or maybe you're just not that player. So I, I just think that um, I'm happy we made those changes. I think it was the right thing to do. Um, and I think that the two of them um, – kind of validated that choice. Thanks, Coach, and thanks for your time all season long. Yep, you bet. Thanks. That's all the time for we have with Coach. Ariel is ready. Thank you, Coach. All Appreciate right. your time. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, bye. Thanks, Coach. Okay, real quick, I'm just going to let them talk. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to pause anything. I'm not gonna pause because I just want to get the get get uh, y'all hear their thoughts and stuff like that, and we're gonna end the podcast. So um, I'm glad to see Coach T on on the Zoom call. Look, he looks good. Um, it's been praying for him, you know. You know, unfortunately, you know, with, with COVID, you know that, that unfortunately he tested positive for. Um, but he's right. You know, the Mystics are gonna have to do some. They're gonna have to fix some things next season. I'm gonna to have to. Um, I just want to be aware of time, which we're pretty good on. So, 
Um, yeah, let me just go ahead and continue just to play the video. You're just going to hear them talk, and I'm going to hear me talk, not watch the video. So, yeah. Cats, can you um, lower the laptop screen? Oh, I see. Probably that way. Oops, sorry, I'm a little slow. Hey, hey, what's up, Ariel? How are you? Hold on. Hold on. We're having uh, um, audio issues. Hold on. Okie dokie. Maybe it's on here, the volume. Is it? Yeah, it says settings using your microphone. Uh, Oh, there, there, that's why I got it. It was on the right there. Try again. Hey, are you, me try again? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Hey, hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Are we ready? Yeah, I want to Okay, I think we're good. Yes, yeah, up. I can hear you. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, hey, just saying, what's up again? Um, appreciate the time. Uh, obviously, you know, I know this is kind of a quick turnaround, and you know, after everything kind of ended last night, but I'm just curious, you know, when you look back and you know just kind of think back of the season you know what are kind of the, some of the things that you know stand out the most to you um i know you know so much ad adversity that you guys kind of had to overcome between you know folks missing games and this that and the other but um you know what what are the major things that stood out um to you about this season or maybe areas that you guys kind of fell short that that you know you got to progress in yeah um i think the I think the thing that stood out to me the most is how we aren't great at one thing. Um, I think if you look across the teams in the league, there's one thing that a few teams in this league can hang their hat on, one thing that they're going to do well every single night. Um, and I'm not sure we gained that consistency um, as far as a team. Um, and then individually, I just think I need to be better um, if my teammates are going to trust me with the ball in my hands majority, not majority of the game, but most of our offensive sets, um, I think I can be better with time scoring situation um, and then also being better defensively. That's what I was going to say, you know, at, at this point, do you do you get away from it all and take a break and try to mentally clear out or mm -hmm. or are you one of those ones that are like, you know, I want to get back in the gym right now and start working on some of these things? Yeah, well, definitely can't stop working out. Got to go play overseas. Um, but I do, I do have to unplug just for a little bit. It's been a pretty tough year, um, just with everything that, I mean, that we've honestly been dealing with in the world for the past two years. So just taking that time to kind of unwind a little bit, um, and give myself kind of that grace, honestly, to be like, Hey, at the end of the day, this is where we are. You gotta be where your feet are. Um, this is what happened. And then about two or three days from now, I'll deep dive into it and figure out what it is that I need to get better at and what it is that I need to be working on. 
Mike talked a lot about, you know, there could be some changes, you know, there's, there's, there's the four core of you that are kind of still under contract, but um, there's a lot of decisions to be made, just salary cap wise, roster wise, all these kind of things. Is it, I don't know, is it, is it frustrating to think that, you know, I know we were talking about, you know, you guys kind of having this window with this group you know, kind of last year and this year, and for lots of reasons, it, you know, you, it never worked out because of a ton of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is it is it almost frustrating to kind of look back and think of what could have been and just the fact that it never all materialized? Um, yeah, but it is what it is. It's the nature of sports. Um, sometimes it goes your way and you do really well. Sometimes it goes your way and you just feel at the end. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't go your way at all. Uh, it is what it is. It's not like we can change anything about it. I think, you know, we all feel like we could have found a way to do better with the cards that we were dealt. Um, but at the end of the day, again, it is what it is. This is where we are. This is what we're dealing with. Um, and we have to move forward from here. Cool, cool. I'll share with other folks that don't take up too much time. But thank you. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, appreciate everything all season. Appreciate you, Kareem. Jen. Hey, Ariel. Good to see you, but sorry about the loss yesterday. Um, Thank you. Do you do you watch the playoffs uh, now that you guys are eliminated or, or how does that normally work for you? Uh, I've, I don't know. I've always been in playoffs. Um, I guess I guess I might watch it. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to be feeling. I don't even know how I'm feeling right now, I'll be honest with you, um, besides anger and Kind of frustration with myself. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and Tash mentioned yesterday that that all the adversity you guys have gone through this season um, is going to make you guys better players and and better people. And and just curious, you know, from your perspective, what has this season taught you personally, or or how do you think it's going to make you better? Oh, lots. Can we say it right there? Um, I think personally, it's helped me see where I am as a basketball player and as a leader um, and see where I need to grow. Um, I know there are some things that I do well, and then there are some things that I just haven't taken the time to deep dive into um, and that I don't do well. Uh, And it's really forced me to see everything at face value for what it is. Um, We didn't have any Band-Aids, any coverings, anything to cover up what we had going on this year. Um, it was all out in the open. And I think that was good for me personally because it allowed me to see how I thrive or don't thrive um, in situations where it's just really tough. And then last thing for me real quick, uh, you mentioned wanting to get better defensively. Mm-hmm. And you know, from where I'm sitting as decidedly a non-expert, you're a pretty darn good defender. So what does improving on the defensive end look like? My movements and the way that I'm able to guard the ball. I think I'm a decent, I think I'm a good off the ball defender. I think I can do a lot better job of defending on the ball as far as getting over screens, not getting hit by screens um, and communicating earlier and talking louder for my teammates. Thanks, Ariel. And thanks so much for your time all season. Thank you, Jen. Tyler. Hey, Ariel. Uh, Good to see you, obviously, under these circumstances. 
one of the things though that's the coolest things to me in sports is a player getting a contract extension and then be able to continue the ascension of their career and we really saw that from you this season with your scoring I know you said there's a lot of stuff that you still want to improve on but how fulfilling is it for you that you can continue to make steps forward at this point in your career yeah it feels good um Obviously, this has been my first home as a pro, and I love it here. Um, I'm learning to love the city. <laughs> I'm not a city person, but I'm learning to love it. Um, and the fans and the people and the community that D.C. has surrounded us with, um, just pure love and fight. Um, so I'm thankful that I was able to extend my contract um, and also to be a part of an organization that believes in me and wants me to do well and wants to help me grow as a human and as a basketball player. Um, so it's pretty cool and I'm thankful to be here. And a, a quick question about Natasha. Uh, I know mm -hmm. this season was hard on her a lot and I know for the entire team, you guys were forced to carry a heavy burden throughout the entire season with just things been thrown at you. How was she able in the locker room and at practices able to keep you guys together and keep you guys focused? And I know she talked about coming from the, back from the Olympic break, re-energizing a new purpose. Did you have any thoughts on that as well? Yeah, Tasha's just full of energy, um, and her energy is contagious. Whether it's fiery or whether it's just a laugh, um, Tasha's energy is just contagious, um, and I'm so thankful to have her um, at our PG spot. Um, she's a fiery leader, and I really appreciate that about her because she knows how to light a fire under her, under her players, under her teammates. Um, and I think she got better this year as a leader. I think she was tested a lot this year as a leader. And I do think she rose to the occasion. I think she stepped up. I know she stepped up. Um, and I think she became a different type of leader this year than what she probably thought she would have had to be at the beginning of this year. So I really have been thankful to be a side of watching Tosh grow. Um, and I think this was a really big year for her. And I'm extremely excited to watch her come back next year and see what we can do. Thanks, Ariel. All the best this offseason. Thank you. Last question to Gabe. I think you're muted. Is that us? No, Gabe, can you hear us? I think he's having technical difficulties. Sorry, Gabe. Then that concludes media for Ariel because we're on really tight time constraints right now. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Ariel, for your time. Always appreciate it. Rough night. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, how's it going, Kareem? Good. I think I heard Kara said I should start. Um, so I think I'm going to start. Um, thanks for y'all. For, thanks for taking out the time. Appreciate it. Um, for both of y'all, almost the same question. You know, what, when you kind of reflect back on the season, kind of what stands out for you? Because, you know, this obviously wasn't the group and the structure and what y'all thought was going to like set up when we were, you know, when this team was constructed back in spring. Um, you know, Tracy, you had to play different roles and then was expected, you know. What are the biggest things that kind of stand out to y'all when you kind of reflect on how all of this played out? 
Um, I mean, like you said, it, it wasn't the way it was initially supposed to be set up. Um, but then um, I, obviously injuries were a big thing. Um, I don't like to make excuses. So I think even with all the injuries and issues that we dealt with, I think we still underachieved um, for who we had on the court uh, most of the time. And um, I guess that just goes to being inconsistent. And I think that's a big word for this team. Um, you know, as bad as it sounds, it's, it's the truth. And we were just way too inconsistent. I just piggyback on what she said. Like we obviously this year um, with just player availability and everything that happened, it was a difficult season to try to um, develop consistency. And within that, just within ourselves as a group and with injuries and stuff, different lineups, it was really hard to remain consistent in a lot of things. And the things that we could have done better that were in our control, we just also fell short on as well. Um, so this was, um, you know, not the season that we wanted. This isn't the season that we were looking forward to um, coming into personnel-wise, and especially as the season went on. But um, yeah, this was very disappointing. I mean, I think we were talking about it the other day, and what did we come up? I think there was three people who were available for every game throughout <laughs> the season. Like, that's just crazy when you think about it, you know? Um, so, like I said, as much as I don't like to make excuses, that is the reality of it, is that we had a lot of injuries this year. Had you two, you know, both of you, um, I believe both of your free agents kind of going into this off season. Um, have you even started to think about that or is that too soon? Just, um, you know, uh, I guess, how do you kind of approach that? Have you even thought about it yet? Um, no, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. I haven't thought about it at all. I didn't expect our season to be over with today. So this was, yeah. Yeah, I know that's a quick turnaround and kind of a weird, weird question to ask right now. Mike even said, you know, it's weird talking about some of this stuff literally the day after the season kind of ends. Um, and I'm just going to ask one more from me. Um, you know, what was the struggle to find an identity? You know, Mike kind of said, you know, we never found an identity throughout the season. One thing that you guys could kind of hang your head on that this is you know, what we do best. Um, is that, you know, is that struggle still something kind of what we were just talking about, the fact that, you know, it's hard to do so when you've got people in and out of the lineup or um, or what was the issue in trying to find that identity as a group? I, I just feel like it was a season of a lot of different things, unexpected things being thrown at us, as well as a combination of just knowing who's available and not available and coming into games where, you know, we have people that are better shooters. We have people that are better rebounders and having different people in lineups makes statistics look different, makes the game look different depending on who's available and who's not. And, um, you know, throughout the season, we've just struggled finding out what that, what we brought to the table as a whole consistently as well. And, it, it's really tough because it feels like the season shouldn't be over. Um, it just feels like we ran out of time because we never really turned the corner and and capitalized on a lot of things that were fixable. 
Um, and it's, it's very, it's sad um, knowing that we cannot play any longer today. Um, and yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Ooh, last one for me, sorry. Um, just Teresa, real quick, uh, how are you feeling? I know that, you know, back was started to flare up on you down the stretch. Um, how, how are you feeling physically? I was, I'm feeling fine. Um, yeah, I was feeling okay. Just those little things here and there, but it's been the whole season um, of just trying to maintain um, you know, what's working for my body and not, but I feel um, I was available for, you know, every game this season that's due to a lot of treatment, a lot of work on and off the court to just keep my body in a place where um, I could be in, in a tolerable state. Um, I think this off season is going to be a focus on really, you know, crossing all my T's and dotting all my I's and making sure that this back thing doesn't linger any further. Um, because although I do feel substantially better, um, there are a few things that still need to be addressed. Um, and I think that spending some time on in the off season, I'll definitely be able to come back and, and play um, in a pain-free state. Cool, cool. Thank you. I'll sit up. Appreciate everything all season long, y'all. Thanks, Thanks Green. Green. We appreciate you. Jen? Hey, guys. So sorry about the loss, and thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, Teresa, I hope both you and Elena uh, heal up and bury the bad backs club for, for good. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to bring that back next season. We're just kind of going to leave it here in 2021. <laughs> so Sounds good. Yeah. Um, Tosh was telling us yesterday after the game that she thinks that the adversity that you guys faced all season is going to make you better, not only as players, but just as, as people. And I'm curious from your perspective, you know, kind of similar to Kareem's question, but for you both individually, what do you feel like this season has taught you or, or how do you feel like it's going to, to make you better? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we had to be super resilient. Um, with the injuries, we didn't know who was playing in, in what game, um, but not only that, um, also when we would show up every day, we didn't even know who was gonna practice because there were people playing in games that weren't practicing as well. So that makes it hard to improve and, and get better on your days off. And then normally you're allowed to have, you know, um, male practice players come in, but because of COVID that wasn't allowed until the last few weeks of the season. So, you know, it's hard to come up with practice plans and, and do certain things when you only have five, six people available. Um, but so I think it took a lot of resilience out of all of us to just keep coming in every single day, um, no matter what the circumstances were and working hard and just going with whoever we had. I know it's probably super frustrating for the coaches as well. Um, Shalisa and the training staff. Um, I don't think they've probably ever been so busy in their careers. So, um, you know, we'd like to thank them as well. But, um, you know, going forward, um, you know, sometimes injuries happen just out of pure bad luck. Um, sometimes um, possibly you could do a little more with your recovery or pre-training that could help prevent those injuries. So I think everyone is sort of um, looking at taking all aspects of that a little more serious um, and making sure that we are doing everything we can 
before in order to prevent those injuries, um, hopefully. We are on time. Oh, I'm sorry, Jen. Sorry, I was just going to ask real quick, uh, Leilani, does, does the loss mean that you get to go home, uh, you know, pretty soon here? I wish I could say yes, but um, because Australia, their international borders are shut um, and they've had a flare in cases over the last few months. So they've reduced the amount of people again who can come into Australia. So flights are few and far between. And um, as of now, I don't have a flight until late October. So um, I'll be around for a little longer. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll cross my fingers for you. Um, thank you. Thank you both so much for your time um, all season. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. We are on time constraints. So if you could just keep it to one or two questions, we'll keep it. We'll go to Kellen next. Hey, everyone. Um, Lelani, I think you said that, you know, the word you used for this season was inconsistency. Um, how much of you that how much of that do you attribute to, like we've all talked about, the injuries, having only three players play all the games, and how much do you attribute that to some of the more maybe controllable things? Oh, I mean, I can't give a percentage because it's hard to say. You know, if you don't have time with, you know, with your teammates or the core group or the the people who are playing the most minutes, it's hard to find that consistency. It, it really is. Um, you know, because you've got to not only get a feel and a flow yourself, but then you need to build that chemistry with your teammates. And how can you do that if you're, you know, out there for limited minutes or you're in a few games and then you're out for a month or, or whatever it is. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of it is, is the injuries, um, because then it also takes a toll on people who might be stepping into those positions once um, the starters are out, um, you know, because you're suddenly asked to do different things that maybe you don't usually do um, or you weren't brought here to do. And you can, um, you know, try as hard as you can, but obviously everyone brings something different um, to the team. And, and when coach sets up this team, he has those certain players in mind of how his team's going to work, how it's going to flow, what plays he puts in for people. And then when that, you know, gets jerked around in different directions every week, um, nearly, um, it's hard because, you know, now he's trying to figure out different rotations and, and people who do different things than maybe the style that he wanted to play. So uh, there's a lot that goes into it. That was a very uh, coach-like answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tyler. Hey, Matt, my quick questions for Leilani. You talked about like the difficulties of going back to Australia. And I know COVID's kind of been hard on everybody getting into a season and having to go through your normal routines. But how has it been for you to just not have your normal structure to fall back on now for, for two seasons as some people may have been able to see some little comforts this past year. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been hard for everybody. Um, you know, last year in the bubble, um, I guess a lot more people can relate to me because they went through that in the bubble. And that's sort of how I felt this year, just being away from my family again. So like you said, it's been two years. So um, yeah, it's been five months and three days since 
I've seen my family. So it, it was really hard. Um, you know, just when you come home from a game and you're not feeling well or you're disappointed and you see your family, it instantly lifts you up and, and makes you realize that, you know, while basketball is super important to us and something that we all love to do and provides, um, you know, this lifestyle that we have at the same time, there's more, there's more to this and there's more, there's more to us as people than just what you see on the basketball court and, and our family is what gets us through that and what, um, you know, gives us more meaning to life. And, um, so to not have that, it definitely makes it hard, but, you know, there's a lot of us that, are living in different cities from where we grew up or where our families are. So um, with COVID, it's restricted, it's restricted people, even just here in America. Um, families haven't been able to come. TP's family's been through a lot with the hurricane and all that. So there's a lot of issues that we deal with outside um, in our own personal life that um, makes it hard. Thank you. And thank you both for the whole season. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Last question to Rafi. Hey guys, sorry you couldn't make the postseason. I just want to, I just want to ask you, like, what are some of the lessons that you learned throughout the season as far as be putting together a much better team? Um, I think some of the lessons that we learned um, along the way um, have to do with, um, you know, what we were doing off the court. I think that when you are so limited within personnel and every day you don't know who's either in the games or in practices or whatnot. Um, what we were doing in the film room, we could, we learned a lot being able to see it on film, making mental reps, doing things of that nature and being able to apply it on the floor. Um, didn't translate as well as we would like. Um, I think there was a lot of things being said and what we were physically doing was a completely different thing. I think throughout the season, we need to get better with our discipline, with our scattering report discipline, with understanding what our game schemes were. And um, there's been quite a few times where we just didn't do what was asked. Um, but moving forward, I feel like this, this group has a lot of potential. We have a bunch of really talented players here and a great staff. And I think that finding the pieces that cohesively work with things that we can do to, that we can control outside of injuries and things of that nature is, is important for us to do to move forward. And I think that's something that's easily fixable in the off season. And a follow-up question for you, Teresa, what do you plan to do to work on your game throughout this off season? since yeah, literally until next May to continue playing WNBA basketball? Um, I plan on going back to PT for my back for a little bit. And then once that, once I feel really strong in my body, probably after a month or two, um, head overseas and play in, uh, internationally somewhere. Um, I was trying to get a uh, wait out for a, a Chinese deal, but it doesn't look like that's gonna happen this year politically speaking, um, but we'll see where it pans out. Don't know where I'm going to end up, but definitely plan on going to play overseas. Well, appreciate your insight and have a good off season. Thank you. Mai, did you have a question? <laughs> How did she get on? <laughs> you and my business, Lay. Yeah, I have a question for Leilani Mitchell. 
Leilani? Can I see your qualifications as a news reporter, please? How did my issue get that back Saying, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't have a question. Thank you for showing see up. See y'all later. Bye. See y'all later. Don't be late. Thanks, tonight. TP. Thanks, Lay. Thank Appreciate you. your time. Thank you. Bye, guys. How'd she get Bye, Hey, my son, how are you doing? Mm -mm. I don't think I could hear you. Is that me on my end? No, she's muted in the Zoom. That was me. My bad. My bad. My bad. Ah, ah, gotcha. There we go. <laughs> cool. Appreciate you. And thank you for taking out the time. Quickly, no well, to start off, just curious, you know, I know it's literally been 24 hours, but, you know, I guess when you kind of look back and think back about this season, you know, what are some of the things that kind of stand out the most about, you know, the adversity that you guys had to overcome and, and just the way everything kind of shook out, you know, I don't know if it's a frustration or, or things that could have been, but I'm just curious when you look back and think back, what stands out the most to you? Uh, definitely like both of what you just said, like frustrating as in like so many injuries and, and things we had to overcome throughout the whole season. That's like the frustrating part, but that's the game of basketball. When you play sport, injuries is a part of the game. Um, so just for us to adapt to that and, you know, even have a chance to make, uh, the playoffs, you know, not making it, but just have a chance to do it when we like we're in practices sometimes, like not even having enough players to, to do a walkthrough or a practice. So, I mean, from that standpoint, it's just like we've been through so much and I'm glad that we were able to to get this far and, you know, still have a chance to make the playoffs. Because, I mean, just like TP said towards the end of her interview, I was caught the end of it, of, you know, her saying that we have some great players and great pieces, um, you know, and great like people overall like we're just great people so um uh it sucked not being able to actually like play I know for like some people not speaking for myself but um not to be able to play in some of the basketball games but you know still to be around the team and um just have that that chemistry um so yeah I mean it was a it was frustrating but you know it's the game of basketball the shifts just didn't fall our, in our favor this year. I'm curious, you individually, what was the season like for you? You know, last year really was your breakout. Um, but, you know, you weren't sneaking up on anybody this year. And, you know, there were game plans for you. And I'm sure you were defended differently. I'm curious, what was this season like for you in those terms with a bigger role and... <laughs> a bigger reputation going into games and, you know, teams scouting you out and more than, um, certainly more than in the past, I would assume. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, uh, like a privilege to actually like be on a scouting report. I remember like in college, my coach would always like, like joke around like, Oh yeah, you're not on the scouting report for this. Or, you know, like jokingly saying it, um, so just to be on the scouting report, I guess it's a privilege. But for me personally, like this season was just so many highs and lows because of one injury, 
my knee. Like I've never ever had a serious injury before. And then to sit out so many games and just have to like, just be patient and trust my body and trust um, the trainers and the doctors. Um, so that was, that was annoying. And then when I got sick, that was even more annoying because we were really trying to make a playoff push and then I get sick. And then now I have to sit out and, and try to come like, it was just, this season was so many highs and lows, but I'm just grateful that I'm able, that I was able to play in the last game and like finish it out. Like, you know, um, not have to be on the sideline watching the last game, you know? Um, so I'm grateful for that opportunity. And just the last one for me, you know, big off season for you. Um, have you thought about you know, heading into the off season and free agency, that kind of stuff. And, and are you optimistic about it? You know, it's a, you know, it's a big opportunity for you. Just any thoughts you have um, in, in terms of that going into the off season? Um, and yeah, like I have thought about it. Um, I know it's like going to be a big, a big thing for me. Um, Cause it's like the, it's my first year, like, being in this situation and like you said before just having the season that I did in the bubble um and parts of this season too um just showing what I'm capable of doing and what I can bring to the team um so yeah I've thought about it and I'm trying not to think about it as much like before I left the gym I was actually talking to Tosh about like this uh but she's like, don't even, don't even stress about it. Don't even worry about it. So that's what I am, what I'm going to do. <laughs> Just whatever happens, happens. Cool, cool. Well, I appreciate it. And thanks for everything all season long. You've always been great. Thank you. No, you've always been great. <laughs> Sometimes, not always. <laughs> all right, always, I'll always. <laughs> Kellen? Hey, Marisha, good to see you. Hey, Kellen. Um, Mike was just saying, uh, you know, uh, I think early on in his uh, just presser that the team's not in rebuild mode, but maybe like reset button mode and kind of redeveloping an identity. I guess, how close yeah. do you think the team is to, obviously, you know, we've talked about injuries and all these things, all this uh, stuff that the team has had to go through this season, but how close is a team do you feel to being where you want it to be. And obviously I assume that's the playoffs and maybe a deep playoff run, but how close is it yeah. to that? Do you think it is? Uh, real close. Um, I mean, this year, I feel like if we, we keep talking about injuries, but that's just how our tips fell this year. But I felt like if we were able to stay healthy the whole season, then, I mean, we would be right up in there, the top four teams. I We competed with all of the teams this year, um, you know, close games. So for me, I think uh, we're really close. Um, we're not in the – I know Coach T was talking in, um, when we all had our meeting today with him. Of us not being a good, uh, like, shooting team, three-point shooting team, and – uh, defensive team we weren't good at that um, so I mean those are some of the things we got to work on in the off season, uh just so we can get back up to mystic basketball what everyone knows and, and um, what we strive for and I mean that's 
a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah. And was it just, um, did it feel like there was just not enough opportunities to kind of, because of people not being on the court to kind of mesh in a way that you wanted to? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely hard um, when you can't, you don't have a full practice, uh, like people practicing, like full team practicing. And then we also didn't have scout guys uh, this year. Uh, once we came back from Olympics, then you also have Olympians who, you know, had to go away too. So it's just like a lot of stuff just was not working in our favor this year um, with us just having chemistry. And also, you know, some of, well, me, you know, coming late to not even being at training camp and, and meeting the team in Indiana for, for um, was it the third game or fourth game in. Um, so, I mean, hard it's hard to like you know find chemistry and, and just maintain it and also like find our identity because that's you know what coach was talking about just finding our identity we were really unable to do that this year um so yeah and last one for me is there and this may be a, a, a odd way to ask this but is oh, would man. you done anything differently like like I guess you can't do it you know injuries are you never know when those are going to happen but would you have done anything differently to kind of maybe, I don't know, to, you know, have more consistency on the team? Yeah, like win games. <laughs> that works. <laughs> if we would have won one more game, I mean, there you have it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, wait, what was the question? <laughs> well, I guess what would you have done? You have done the, the, controllables, the controllable stuff, maybe not so much the injuries, which, you know, sometimes you can't really control yeah. Yeah, you can't control that. Um, but controllables, I mean, yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Marisha. My thing is just winning one more game. That was it for me. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh -huh. Last question to Gabe. Hey, Marisha, can you hear me? Yep. All right. Uh, well, thanks for taking time. I was just wondering, you know, next year when you come back, what is the one thing, if there's one thing that you have that you could change about your game in this off season heading into next year, what would it be? Mm, that's a great question. I don't think it's just one, one thing, to be honest with you. For me right now, I need to get back to going into players as like in the post getting into players, you know, not shying away from from the contact or not taking the hit. Um, that's one of that's one of the biggest things for me right now, as well as improving, continuing to improve my shot and my decision making. Uh, the coaches talked about a lot of me being a playmaker. Uh, so just having having the opportunity which I will have to have the ball in my hand sometimes to help Tosh off. Um, I mean, just being able to make plays, whether that's, you know, on the defensive end or the offensive end, just being, being able to make plays. Okay, cool. And do you have your, do you know your off season plan, your overseas plans yet? Or slash you want to share? Uh, yeah, no, I, um, I signed with the team in Italy 
Um, so we will see right now they're saying 10 days, got to be there in 10 days, but we will see how that's going to play out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much and good luck. And I uh, can't wait to see you next year. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. My thank you. Appreciate your time as always. Oh, thank you. Is that Kara? Yeah, it's Kara. Okay. Bye, Kara. And you bye, guys bye. are awesome too, media. <laughs>
First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>